Hi there, and thanks for tuning in to the Four-Eyed Radio Network. You're about to listen to another proud presentation brought to you by Revenge Lover Designs. Stand out from the crowd. For more information, visit revengelover.com and mention the podcast for 10% off of your order. Wallop and web snappers. My spider sense is tingling. Anybody else's spider sense tingling? Welcome to Walloping Web Snappers, a Spider-Man podcast where we dive into every Spider-Man cartoon ever made. I'm Derek. And I'm Doug. And is your spider sense tingling? It is, but it doesn't feel right, Derek. Oh, no. <laughs> to listen to this show, find us on 4 or wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is brought to you by Revenge Lover Designs, illustration and design that fit your personality. For samples and inquiries, visit revengelover.com. And before we get into this beginning of the Spider-Man 2017 finale, we'd just like to take a quick moment to thank our spectacular patrons, Bo, Carl, Eric, Katie, and Simon. It's about to get heavy. It is. Yeah. Although this one's pretty action packed. This this is. Yeah. I don't think this is going to be. You know what? Every time we're like, this won't be a long one. It ends up being like four <laughs> hours. So I'm not going to say that. But it isn't the most. It, uh, there's not. It's not as densely full of things to talk about outside of just action sequences, really. So. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think we're prepared for this. But. This two-parter as a whole, I think, is interesting. I mean, obviously, it's the end of a very long season and paying off a lot of arcs that yeah. were set that we talked about, what, like a year ago, a year oh and a half gosh. ago. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, I got to say, it's a more of a full circle kind of season than I expected it to be yeah. after watching this. But this is just part one we're talking about. So. Yes. Yeah, so let's just dive right into it then, I okay. guess. Yeah, the, this episode's currently available on Disney Plus if you'd like to watch it. Uh, this is season one, episode 24 of Spider-Man 2017, entitled Hobgoblin Part 1. <gasps> the synopsis per IMDb is Doc Octopus, Doc Octopus. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. And his Sinister Five attempt to destroy New York Sinister City. Sinister Five? Oh, whoops. Sister Five. Sorry, I misspoke. <laughs> According to IMDb, Doc Octopus and his Sister Five <laughs> attempt to destroy New York City and brainwash Spider-Man. It's up to Harry to save the day. Why does this kind of sound like a bad porn synopsis? Oh, man. Doc Octopus and his Sister Five. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Save the day, Harry. <laughs> Original air date was February 18th, 2018, written by Kevin Burke, directed by Dan Duncan. We're very familiar with them. Yes, as are we very familiar with everybody involved in these episodes, because like you mentioned, uh, we're coming full circle and we're closing everything up uh, and opening some new things up. But that's more for next week. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So let's get into this action packed episode. Mm -hmm. I will say off the jump. The action in this is very good. <laughs> oh, I think this is an, a very well like animated one. Oh, like, yeah. This episode looks different than most episodes of this show. 
do does wait i don't remember how i framed that (laughs) sentence i don't know which word is correct in that case um it's it's a very different looking episode in a good way like there's a lot more anime inspired stuff in this episode which this show definitely we call it out whenever the show does it Mm -hmm. but it's still a rarity i think there's a lot more of it in terms of like action and and some some in like major moments um and it just looks like there's just constant movement in this episode in a way that there normally is not in this show. It honestly gave me, uh, for for some obvious reasons and and some just vibe, like it gave me very uh, like spectacular Spider-Man Sinister Six episode vibes. Yeah. Where it's just mean, like, oh, we're just yeah. going to go. This whole two-part <laughs> finale, there's a lot of spectacular there Spider-Man and it's blood is. that I did not expect to see. <laughs> But yeah, this one really is like this. This episode, in a lot of ways, is like a a, a spiritual sequel to Group Therapy from Spectacular Spider Man. Mm-hmm. With like, yeah, one pretty big difference that I'll I'll call out when it becomes clearer. Sure, sure, for sure, for sure. Yeah, well, let's start talking about it. Okay, so this episode opens with Spider Man receiving praise from the public. Weird. In I know in the wake of saving New York from the Spider Island virus. Um, He looks up at the heavily damaged Oscorp Tower and is like, you know what? Everybody's kind of like repairing their lives after this massive uh, outbreak. Uh, (laughs) Imagine what that must feel like. Uh, Maybe I should repair (laughs) my relationship with my best friend, Harry Osborn. Uh, Let's see if we can give that a whirl. So he arrives at Harry's lab and he offers like his his. The way that he broaches the topic, I think, is a good one. He offers to help find a cure for Norman because Norman is still in pretty bad shape after having received a transfusion of Spider-Man's blood. Mm -hmm. Um, And honestly, Harry could use the help. And I think Harry knows this. He even points out, like, this would be a lot easier if, like, I don't know, maybe you didn't blow up Oz Academy and all of its labs and science equipment, which, you know. By He's the grieving. way, that yeah, when also that building is still smoking. Like when Spider-Man is swinging to it in the beginning, there is still like smoke coming out of Ozacat of of the Oscorp building. Yeah, like, does this pick up like within 24 hours? It doesn't really make sense because there's going to be a lot there should be a lot more chaos in yeah. New York. Well, I think I think it which I think it should technically. I feel like it was written to be t- picking up like a week later or something, but this the way show that, does that though yeah yeah but and it does it pretty heavily in these in these two episodes this sort uh, of like we're gonna we're gonna act as though more time has passed so that we can like get to a clearer point of the story but really it's probably like the next day <laughs> yeah which is like okay sure <laughs> you know yeah <laughs> okay this show at least we can say pretty definitively i think that this show does not care about like accurate time telling at no, all absolutely not it's like it's not very confusing but i say that because i think it's different than like being like uh like trying and being bad at it you know mm-hmm. i think this show just is not concerned with it yeah it doesn't it just does whatever it needs to for for things to look cool and for characters to need <laughs> to be at a place there need where they need to be. Right. So this is how we get Oscorp still smoking, uh, yeah. probably a week later. Because <laughs> I'm sure it looks cool, but yeah, we'll just say yeah. that they're burning some things inside of Oz. No, I can't, there's no way to make it make sense. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> and it'll be fine pretty soon, actually. So yeah. who knows? Who knows what's going on over at Oz Academy? Yeah. Also, I think we're pointing out like he only does it once, but when Pete first arrives to the scene, 
like Harry very pointedly calls him Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Even though like, Peter is Peter in the scene, he's not in a Spider-Man outfit. Harry is still like, I don't need your help, Spider-Man. Yeah. Which very pointed, you know. Very pointed and good thing Norman is knocked out because that would change a lot <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, yeah, of the would. events of these next two episodes. It really would. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it, he's 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 pretty pissed. Uh, we've we've got the back and forth still going here, but ultimately, like Harry does, the, the one thing Harry's gonna do, this Harry is going to hear Peter out, even if he ultimately doesn't like what Peter has to say, and so he does that again. And I think that Harry is like ready to soften up enough to allow Peter to at least help him because Peter's offering it as like. It's basically his peace offering. Like, let me show you that I care. Let me yeah. show you instead of just saying. But of course, uh, Peter is also going to Spider-Man and there's an explosion that happens. And Peter's like, oh, um, I know I just offered to help, but like, there's this thing. <laughs> and yeah. Harry's like, just leave. And so Harry, Spider-Man yeah. thwips off. Harry even says, you're not wanted here. And then yep. Peter's response to that, like, very directly mean <laughs> statement is, I'll try to be back soon. No, you won't. I mean, you'll try. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess. <laughs> Define try. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So this explosion, first of all, because we've called out when the web swinging looks bad on this show. Yeah. Web swinging, web swinging looks very cool in this episode. Yeah. Because the transition from him swinging to the explosion is very, very cool looking. Mm-hmm. They very. were just saving their budget for this episode, you know? Sure, yeah. I guess they so. collected the dream team here. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> sure. Right at the end of your season. I, I get it. Go go for broke. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so at the site of this explosion, Spidey finds a building engulfed in flames, learns that Max Modell is inside. He was there as like a guest speaker wherever this place is. So when he gets inside, he, of course, finds Max in the clutches of Doc Ock. Welcome back, Otto. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where you been, buddy? I know. What were you doing when, you know, the city was infested with spider monsters? I don't mm-hmm. know. Were you a spider monster? I don't know. Who knows? We're never going <laughs> to. I think he even mentions the chaos of the spider virus at one point or another. And it's just like, yeah, what were you doing there, buddy? We're just never going to know. Okay. <laughs> oh, I have a question, Derek. Yeah. Hopefully folks listening to this uh, have checked out or are generally familiar with the comics version of Spider Island. But if not, they have a detail in the comics that mm-hmm. folks who already have superpowers or a mutation are immune from the virus, which is something the show didn't do. Yeah. Doc Ock, vulnerable or not? No, he'd be vulnerable. He's not like he's he's just got metal arms fused to him. Yeah. He's not but like they were fused to him through like weird radioactive means. I guess so. I guess the, I guess if I, I guess like you he's could, in a gray area. You could. Exp- <laughs> I guess that would be like if you wanted to have him involved, you could. If not, you've got an excuse either way. Yeah. I guess. I guess the Stanley answer would be which one's cooler. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And what's cooler is allowing him to be a spider monster with metal arms. That would be fucking rad <laughs> as hell. Of course, both. I you know definitely the show and I think the comics just don't address that at all. No, so. no, of course not. <laughs> we'll never know. <laughs> Nope. <laughs> yeah. Ock was in a weird place in the comics at this point, I think. Sure, sure. Um, not in the show, though. He could have been there, but yeah. never mind. We're just never going to talk about it. <laughs> um, it is cool. I, I All this stuff, like I, mean, like I said, this episode is well animated. All this stuff with Ock like, creepily crawling around in the flames. Yeah. And this is very cool. 
they do cool stuff with him too like in the in the upcoming sort of interactions the way he uses his arms and all that mm-hmm. sort of stuff is very cool in this episode one thing that isn't cool <laughs> and actually threw me off when i was first watching it throughout all of this there's a whole bunch we're gonna get into like action stuff going on um max is in doc ox clutches throughout like an entire action sequence with him fighting spider-man um he doesn't say a word there's like really weird it's weird when i was first watching the episode i thought something was up like i thought like especially with the importance of like characters being silent later in the episode like with the other Uh characters i was like oh so clearly like he must be being mind controlled or like he's a robot this is all like a hologram like this isn't real it's part of ox no they just didn't write lines for Max Modell because he does talk later. So it's not like they couldn't like afford to have Fred Tatashori on this episode. He is there later. They just don't have him talk until like literally halfway through the episode, despite him being like tossed around and dragged around through flames. Like, I don't like, what are you, are you taking an at man? What's going on? Yeah. I'm surprised that in a show like this, you wouldn't have your, your main players all do some just, like, I don't know what it's called. I'm sure there's a word for it, but just like grunting, screaming, like those types of things that you could drop in kind of anywhere. Yeah. There's uh, light. To, like, you hear color. light, light grunts. I think he grunts like twice during the sequence, but I'm like, dude, it's you're so sur- little though. You're surrounded by fire. At least be like, no Otto or Spider-Man look out like anything. It's just like, it's creepy how silent he is. Or make him look less um, conscious. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's very strange. Very odd choice. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, like Max is silent through this whole argument that Spidey and Ock have, uh, which is like, you know, Max's role in Otto's turn toward villainy, which, you know, just basically recapping the whole rise of Doc Ock arc, essentially. And now he was, you know, turned to to Norman, who, you know, was a sociopath and all that stuff. So whatever. We already know that Max could contribute to that conversation because they're talking about him, but he says nothing. Uh, (laughs) And so they clash one on one before, of course, Ock is like, oh, yeah, guess what, man? Remember that Sinister Five I had? I've still got him and I've got him with upgrades. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. So, yeah, everybody's everybody's got like some little, uh, you know, additions to their suits and whatnot but the main thing is Ali Osnick who you know we talked about when he first appeared during the the Doc Ock arc now he's got the full brand new alter ego of the steel spider which we brought up in the in the Ock uh, episode because that's like one of his canon comics alter egos because he's been like kid Ock and yeah. he's been steel spider before and this interesting is Lee is like a like a fusion of those yeah. things because he's like steel spider but he has like ox tentacles just like you know kid ox would yeah. which is and really I, cool i'm sure we'll dig a little bit deeper into this when he's like featured one on one but like they don't just fuse the identities they like fuse what he was before in this very show with what mm-hmm. he is now in a really cool way like yeah. like it's not like a full transformation to where you know he's no longer using his equipment from before it's like a cool mashup yeah, I like it. I think it's really cool, especially because I think it was it felt a little bit weird what they were doing with him in the original episode. Um, I Well, I will say it was like I feel like we're sort of like it's odd that, you know, they made this steel spider kid just have like discs, like steel disc things. But the disc right, is really yeah. cool. And they pulled like basically all the coolest things of their version and combined it with oh. comic stuff. And I I really like what they did. I'm, I'm very cool pleasantly. I'm very pleased. Yeah. 
So with this new upgraded Sinister Five on the scene, Spider-Man is not surprisingly, I would say, overwhelmed. He is still surrounded by fire. And so when Doc Ock basically says, like, we're out uh, with Max, Spider-Man tries to put a tracer on him and fails in a really cool, like, moment. Like, oh, he, it's he like, so cool. flicks the, the tracer and Ock catches it without looking with one of his tentacles, like, in the foreground. It's, it's so, so cool. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I yeah. love it. And then they dip off. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess. Um, dip out. <laughs> dip out yeah yes they take off and dip out <laughs> yes they do both yeah <laughs> yeah and i don't know if you have this mentioned at any point in the notes later but it's worth mentioning i think like i feel like at this point you can kind of clock that none of the sinister vi- five are saying anything like no lines like complete silence during all of these fight scenes you know what though it didn't hit me right away just because i mean it was it was weirdly silent but it felt like i, I this is terrible i like wasn't giving them enough credit i think um, in believing that it was like a choice they were making. Well, when you have especially a pl- because plus, Max plus Max, yeah, exactly. Then it's just sort of like, oh, you just didn't pay anybody, right. to be in the recording booth for this right. episode. I so guess. you, sh- you're <laughs> right. You should clock it at this point. Like it's it that is intentional. But I will say the fact that they kind of screwed Max up worked against them because then I just thought it was sort of a weirdly constructed scene <laughs> yeah yeah it works but better in retrospect for sure i will say something else that i kind of did notice uh was all and, and i again i chalked it up to the fact that there was a, a new variable ollie's posture is really different in this yeah. episode yes it is and so i did kind of notice that but i didn't really do anything with it until mm-hmm. later obviously so yeah. that's more what i noticed than the actual silence because you know like we said max yeah, yeah, but it's just it's it's interesting too because there's going to be a lot of group therapy comparisons, or at least, you know the main one because it's Spidey fighting a, sin, a, a a version of Sinister Six and it's a lot of action, but also like in group therapy, a big part of that episode was sort of the weirdness of Spider-Man in the black suit being silent the yeah. entire time, and that being a big clue to realize to the big reveal at the end of the episode. Spoiler for that episode is that oh no, yeah, that actually was the symbiote having taken him over and basically mind controlling him the entire time you could say hmm (laughs) put a pin on that for this episode yep so back at oscorp harry makes progress on a cure to counter spider-man's blood in his dad's body uh but he worries about killing norman with just like an experimental treatment because he's right on the edge of dying as it is yeah so (laughs) yeah so it makes sense so he's like well i guess shouldn't do this but the most rational thing that i guess i could do right now is do an experiment on myself because that always goes well. Oh boy. I it is interesting with with Harry being such a main feature if not the main feature of this season mm-hmm. and Norman also being present and so many things happening to them. This is probably also going to come up at the end of next week's episode. Like yeah. there are so many instances where I'm like is this going to be the thing? Is right. this going to be the thing the thing the thing that does it? <laughs> Yeah. Well, and they do play with it at least. I like, think it's yeah, very intentional. There's a lot of stuff where it's like I wouldn't even say I wouldn't say it's necessarily a misdirect, but just like throwing a lot of stuff out there yes. and just being like, you're gonna pay attention to this and some things are gonna matter and, and some things are going to matter and some things aren't going to matter. It's like having a lot of attention to it. It's like having a lot of suspects. Like you know they're not all gonna be mm-hmm. the ones who did it, but yeah. you need you need people to be looking in a lot of different places. Which feels different than a misdirect. 
No, yeah, it's it's like it's a red herring kind of situation with this. It's just the red herrings are like, which thing is going to turn Harry into a supervillain? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> which is such an odd thing to be looking out for. Uh huh. <laughs> so Spider Man attempts to tail Doc Ock, but his pursuit is interrupted by Vulture. Before we get into that, I want to mm. say how silly it is, and I understand why they do it because. Ock is carrying Max throughout this whole scene. I just want to point out how silly it is that Otto Octavius is running on his two feet from Spider-Man. It's very silly. In what world? In what world? Yeah, come on, man. Come on. <laughs> While carrying a very large man. <laughs> I just thought it was it was funny. It's very but, funny. <laughs> but this chase is interrupted by Vulture. And like we said, they're all upgraded. So I actually, this is a, we're going to say this a lot, but this is a really cool action sequence um, because Vulture has new equipment. I don't think he was doing, he wasn't doing the like blade things before, was he? I don't remember. Did he have those? I feel like he didn't because his main feature was the scream. Yeah. Um, And so we add another sort of weapon to his arsenal. We obviously get some of the aerial fight stuff, um, which, you know, you can take or leave. Some people love it. Some people don't. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do think it's all really well done. And this is the scene where we and Spider-Man find out what's going on, which is that Doc Ock is using the Jackal's mind control chips on at least the Vulture, but probably all of them. (laughs) Yeah, probably all of them. Dang. Do you think he's been... They don't specify. Do you think... Is the implication meant to be that he's been controlling the Sinister Five since, like, Doc Ock Part 4, the Rise of Doc Ock Part 4? Like, it doesn't... Like, there's no reason to assume that they've ever not been under his mind control, right? Because it's the same group. I'm trying to think of, I, I wish that I could remember if they spoke. I mean, I can't imagine they would have because there would have been so many other important things going on. Well, I think they referenced that that, that they are definitely under mind control in that episode is the thing. Like, oh, yeah? Yeah, because Ock, Ock points out like that the Jackal gave him that technology right, to use mind control right. for them. So like they are I guess then, I just didn't put two and two together. Yeah, which is like makes it all like that much more horrible that he's been yeah. apparently mind controlling them for weeks. But then, of course, there's the Spider Island question of what was going on then. Right. Like, did they turn into spider monsters with the mind control things? I don't know. We can't ask those questions. Yeah. But I mean, maybe this is the perfect time to bring this up then, because like I think I mean one of the big things that makes this Sinister Six or at this point Sinister Five situation different than a lot of them not better or worse, I would argue, but I certainly have a preference mm-hmm. is like, because they're mind controlled, there's none of the sort of like characteristic sinister six bickering or like yeah. differing interests that can be so fun. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say that I, it hurts the episode because it has its own implications and it has its own yeah. sort of vibe to it, which feels way more insidious and sinister, yeah. if you will. So like <laughs> I dig that. Um, but the one thing that sort of felt missing from a, a Sinister Six thing was them <laughs> getting in each other's faces. Yeah. Um, but that forces, it forces the the storytellers to come up with a different solution because yeah. usually it's like, okay, Spider-Man recognizes that they aren't actually a great team and uses them against each other. Well, that can't happen here because they're all, they're all being controlled by one person. It's also a thing that like they can't really do again. Like it's not like the same Sinister Six can like team up again or Sinister Five mm-hmm. can really team up again like necessarily without there being a lot of I don't know, some <laughs> some very big leaps in logic I feel like or they'd have to work they'd have to really work for that. That I think they could... unless they do mind control again, which I don't want them to because I feel like right. that story is 
been told done and told in this episode right they can't do the mind control thing again because i mean why why at that at that point why do it again i do think they could they could and i wouldn't be surprised if they do another sinister six type thing it just i feel like ak cannot be involved because that would give the other people the opportunity to work together because they do have a common Mm -hmm. experience you know yeah and they can at least chalk it up to like well no we would have been fine yeah. And then you can kind of build into that, like, oh, no, actually, you guys suck at this. Mm-hmm. There's also an added layer is that that really none of them are like villain villains in the Sinister Five. Which makes of it feel so much worse. Yeah. Like, you know, Spider Slayer is just Alistair, who's a kid. And he's I mean, an angry you know, kid. he's an angry kid. He's done bad things, but he's not like a super villain. Um, you can also argue that his dad is, yeah, is manipulating real... his sort of worldview. Right. So fucked up enough that it's just a kid in a robot suit. Ali Osnick has literally never done a single bad oh, thing in his life as far boy. as we can tell. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's and again just a, a, a 16 year old teen that he's uh-huh. uh mind controlling which is fucked up vulture is the most like villainous but he's probably like he's as far as we've ever been told he's he's served his time and is reformed yeah. now and hasn't done anything bad that yeah. isn't just under a, a, as part of like an osborne commando or whatever or under mind control so for all intents and purposes he's a reformed villain right now yeah. and rhino is just a dude who got turned into a rhino also as well. a student <laughs> So like three of them are like between 15 and 17 years old probably very fucked up yeah yeah and i guess like ak is 19 so for him it's not that different but it's still fucked up this this is a very like ak ak's turn to villainy was like a hard turn to villainy it was and you know what i actually wish this is something that i think plays into the argument that spider-man and him were having earlier in the episode about max's role Mm mm-hmm I think they need to, and they need to quick, and they probably needed to before this episode started, allow Otto to like fully lean in and just like being a villain and stop blaming it on people and just yeah. be like, I'm a villain because I'm better than everyone. And then maybe not even call himself a villain because I don't know that Doc Ock always considers himself that, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think it would be, it'd be better if they just let him lean fully into like megalomaniac, um, everything I do is correct and... I have agency over everything. Like this is yeah. no one's fault, but mine. Yeah. I mean, cause it feels like they dabble in that a little bit. Cause he wants to take credit for all the terrible things he's currently yeah. doing, but then it's just like, but I only got to this place because yeah. of Max and Norman Osborne. But it's like, I guess maybe that's the like 19 year old version of Otto Octavius. Maybe they're yeah. trying to infuse some of that like bratty teen into him. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. It's still, I don't know there's still something I feel like miss. There's still some kind of missing link. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't help that, you know, there was just an entire arc that he could have been part of that <laughs> he was missing for between. Uh-huh. I feel like there's a, honestly a lot of problems with the, the ox stuff in yeah. the fact that his arc, you know, his, his role in it kind of petered out towards the end and then he's gone and now he's back. He returns in like full supervillain mode after like five episodes. Mm-hmm. So you know, yeah. it's a little it's a little rockier than I really wanted it to be, given how much we kind of expected there to be a built big build up for him. But yeah, for sure. Yeah. Good ideas. Not sticking the landing, which we've talked about plenty with the show. Yeah. Yeah. It's just another another aspect of this mm-hmm. show. Yeah. So Spider-Man, you know, figures out what's going on, uh, deals with the vulture, is able to do so more easily now that he understands that the vulture is under mind control. And then immediately after, and this is kind of where we get into the the sort of same Sinister Six vibe um, of other shows is like once he deals with one villain, he then is immediately faced with another one. And in this case, the next one up is Steel Spider. 
who proves to be very formidable. And I'm glad because they're going to introduce him with basically a whole new power set, like show it off. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love the fusion of like, like we were talking about, you know, he has basically ox tentacles, but like ox tentacles, like often like riding on floating steel discs that he then throws at Spider-Man. Like that shit's cool as hell, man. And not explicitly or required to be attached to his physical person. There are Mm -hmm. points where it is clear that they are, being held by some sort of gravitational force or electromagnetism, which I think is so fucking cool. They're also Mm -hmm. placed in a different spot than on Ock. So like Ollie's come out of his legs and I think his upper back maybe, or maybe Mm -hmm. it's his upper arms. So like they're almost like extensions of his existing limbs, which is kind of neat. Yeah. And yeah, just the the fact that he, he uses them in tandem with his discs, like they do some really cool action stuff. They do. They also like, uh, you know, ox tentacles in this show. We talked about it has like a different sort of texture to them. You know, yeah. like they're they're a little more. They're um, like thick and have. They look like they have a weird casing almost. Casing. Around them. Yeah. There's almost like a fabric kind of look to it sometimes. Yeah. For sure. Um, and and Ollie's isn't that. Ollie's is like straight up just like steel, which sleek, very sleek, which fits Sam as the steel spider and his whole vibe being all metal stuff. But yeah. it also makes him even more distinct from just being like an Ock clone, you know? Mm-hmm. Who knew that we would get Ollie Osnick spider person before we would get like full on Anya spider person? <laughs> right? <She's> very <laughs> weird. <laughs> but this is rad as hell. I mean, this whole uh-huh. sequence is really cool. It gets really uh scary at a point because mm-hmm. he throws spider-man into the water and spider-man can't get away and he nearly drowns him because ollie is unaffected so he just mm-hmm. continues fighting underwater um and luckily spider-man is able to to get away from that mm-hmm. uh, but when he does next up is rhino so yeah. <laughs> like he's just you know it's what you would expect yeah you know <laughs> <And> it's cool <laughs> man he's having a really hard time it would really help if he had another person with spider powers in his life that has fought with him frequently that he's trained with that theoretically should just be a phone call away i'm gonna have more to say about this (laughs) because they try they they know what they're doing and they try and i I don't appreciate it next week next week there's plenty to say this week is he even mentioned like (laughs) um no i don't think he is and i i i suppose their argument would be that like this all happens so fast sure like He can make a call. Yeah. Also, this show is not without people being like, oh, I saw on the news or I heard you were right. in danger. So you I, are correct. <laughs> I think at the very least it could have been like, I think ne- next week, next week's episode, there's its own problems that they have with how they deal with Miles. But with this one, I think the thing that I feel like I've been missing the most outside of Miles himself is just like, it's if, if he's not on screen, it's like he doesn't exist. That's and the big so problem. Out, outside of the few mentions in the Spider Island episodes where it is meant to be like a reveal or whatever, most of the time he just disappears from the face of the planet when he's not on screen. Yeah. So at the very least, I really wish they would just be like, he attempts to call him and goes to voicemail or he's like, I need to call Miles. Oh, no. Bam. And I got hit in the face with the rhino. And he just was basically yeah. too busy to have time to call him. Like something yeah, like, like Anya that. attempting to call him yeah. in uh, in the Spider Island episodes. Right, you know? right. You know, yeah. It's just and, anything and like that. Yeah. We'll get into the specifics next week. But this show tries at the last second to argue that like they just do different things when they tackle problems. Mm-hmm. Too so little, like too late. Have, have Miles <laughs> at a computer. Have him be the guy at the computer, you know, mm-hmm. or something. I don't know. 
Have him yeah. be tracking. Have him whatever. But yeah, it, it, I don't care what he's doing. But I think I think you've articulated it best in this episode, uh, or better at least than we have before. Which is like, if he is not involved, he's completely invisible. Yeah, well, that's just uh, that's funny because he can go invisible, uh, <laughs> but doesn't when he should. <laughs> oh God! Does he, yeah, yeah. When's the last time he even literally went invisible on this show? It's not been when a he, long time ago. Yeah. Yep. 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 <laughs> oh my God. I really, if I have one major hope for the future of this show after this season, it's just it, it, fix everything you've been doing with miles because most outside, like his yeah. introduction was fun, but goddamn, once he got spider powers, I feel like they just I, did not know what to do with him. I really think that's it. I think they felt like they needed to introduce Spider-Man miles Morales. And then we're, I honestly think the show shouldn't have given him spider powers so early because a lot of the stuff they're doing with Peter as the lone Spider-Man is really cool. Like I'm not mad that he has to fight all these people one-on-one. It's actually very cool. Mm -hmm. Like it, 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 it hit the right notes for me, but you're right when, when, and we've said it so many times, like when you have another spider person who is very connected (laughs) to the current Mm -hmm. spider person, uh, we're going to ask questions. Yeah. Yep. I agree. So let's see where are we at. Rhino has arrived, mm-hmm. uh, but I think we cut away. We cut away to Oscorp first. Yes. And Harry is continuing to test variations of oh. his experimental cure on himself in rapid, rapid succession. Of course, that's going to go well, right? Super this healthy, smart thing to do. <laughs> so much worse than I thought. Like, I thought he was just, I thought he had one and was going to be like, will this do damage yeah. to me or not? But this scene, this very short scene, I think if you really read it correctly, he's he he, he does one and then determines that's not good enough and then moves on to the next one, which he will then test on himself again. Like he is continuing to inject himself with new experimental treatments, which is fucking wild. It, I, I hate to nitpick because I like what they're doing with this in theory, but I just don't understand how he has to do all of this alone. Like at when they they are literally in Oscorp right now, where's literally every scientist that has ever been employed by Oscorp. Why are they all just gone? Because the top of the building blew up. Like, why isn't anyone else there? I don't understand why Harry Hmm. isn't getting it. Like from a character perspective, I understand Harry shoving away Peter's help and feeling like he wants to be the hero. And, and so he's like really trying to make this work and prove to himself that he can do it. I get that. But like there's, it's one thing to like be laser focused on trying to help his dad. It's a pretty big leap to go from that to literally experimenting on yourself and not calling for any help from the many, many, many scientists that work for Oscorp. It doesn't like I, I, I have, think it's such a it's such a big, big leap to get to that point because that's so irresponsible. You I know? think I think there are ways you can get to it, but I think the show needs to be clear. I think if you combine a lot of things, I think it can make sense. I think the fact that Harry is one of the few people who knows who Spider-Man is, I think could be a concern because if people start testing or experimenting or Mm, studying Norman and they know that Spider-Man's blood is in there, I think that's a concern. I think the show hasn't done any sort of um, clarifying on what this version of Oscorp is in relation to Oz Academy. So like if Oz Academy is primarily where all of Oscorp's science and R&D is and it was just blown up it's I guess possible that the rest of Oscorp is more of a standard um, like businessy business Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
And so possible, maybe the yeah. labs literally don't exist and the but scientists the sci- don't. The scientists, the scientists should, though. Should, yeah. <laughs> um, and then I guess the other thing, too, is like Harry at this point would know that a lot of those scientists explicitly were working on ways to kill Spider-Man. <laughs> oh, that's fair. Yeah, I um, guess he can't just call but, it the Ben Franklin looking guy because he was literally yeah. making Spider Slayers. So like, wow, is he going to help him with this situation? But I think because you have to put so many pieces together, I still think it's valid to call it out and say that the show needed to do something to clarify why Harry feels so... Because we also know Harry is going to be really determined to do it himself but like you still you gotta you gotta give us like something to to say like okay yes this is why he's not reaching out to literally anyone else yeah i think uh, a criticism that i have that persists through part one and part two of this finale is that i think everything harry related is like a little too rapid fire like i think they try to do a lot with harry right at the tail end here and i think it's all a little too rushed and you have to have some leaps in logic for it to work out. And, and that's how you end up with stuff like this, where it's just like, Whoa, you're experimenting on yourself. Okay. That's, um, that's a choice that you just made. Oh, oh okay. And you're do- keeping doing, you're going to keep doing it. Okay. <laughs> I'm generally okay with it. Story-wise. I think that they needed to, I think maybe they just needed to tweak how they wrote Harry specifically sure. or, um, direct Max Middleman to be maybe more frantic. Yeah, I think that's that's a part that that might be a part of it. Yeah, because then I think too... you wouldn't need an explanation. You could just be like, "Oh, Harry is clearly not. He's not in his right mind right now. He's like, that's, yeah, he's too affected by everything going on, and that's why he's not asking for help." Um, that's a good point. Yeah, Max Middleman. He's so, he's he's so good, but I think he also is like often kind of a calming force, and like he's really good at that. But I think he's like too calm and on look the he's got to carry this show absurd things. Yeah, he does. he's got this whole show on his back he kind of <laughs> or i does. guess he doesn't have to but they put it on his back you know what yeah. i mean yeah so he he he's simultaneously this like beautiful sort of soul that we have consistently sort of been like you you pure being mm-hmm. um but also is this like tormented uh teenager yeah. and i think this is one where they needed to lean more fully into the tormented teenager side yeah. of things. Yeah. 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 He shouldn't have been so calm when Peter showed up. He actually should have been a lot more frantic and a lot more pissed off. He's too sensible about all of this stuff. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. If he was, if he was more frantic, I could buy him experimenting on himself more. Yeah. I will say at the very least, uh, I appreciate that this, you know, kids show makes it very clear at multiple points that it is wrong for a scientist to perform experiments on themselves oh yeah oh yeah for sure good job spider-man the 2017 show Mm -hmm. yeah there's definitely a lesson there (laughs) i shouldn't be doing this i know i shouldn't be doing this but i'm gonna do this don't do that you shouldn't be doing this (laughs) it's great yeah 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 so (laughs) the next fight that we see is Spider-Man fighting Rhino. He stops him in just a ridiculously irresponsible way. Oh my God. He just webs Rhino to the train tracks and a train comes and a train crashes into Rhino. A train that very clearly cannot stop because trains cannot stop. And, and has people on it. We see the people on the train. And in presumably from Spider-Man's perspective, shouldn't be able to stop because then his plan wouldn't work. <laughs> So Spider-Man has a wild and it's so funny too, in the context of like other Spider-Man shows, because I I remember in the sixties show, the rhino just like 
completely demolishes a train on the train tracks. (laughs) That's how he's introduced. And so I'm just thinking like, no, this is a terrible idea. You're going to kill everyone on the train. What happens instead is that like the train does like crash, but all it does is smash like the front part of it. And then like, I guess knocks out Rhino or whatever. Um, So only the engineer in the (laughs) engine is dead. Yeah. Everyone else is fine. Only killed one person in this train (laughs) crash. Thankfully. Um, God, just what a, well, I mean, like, I get that he's tired, but like, goddamn, dude, <laughs> yeah. I, I expected a little more from you, but I guess it works. So you weren't wrong. Come on. He's in a train yard. You couldn't drop an engine on him or like, yeah. like there's so many options, buddy, yeah. but you're right. He is tired. They could have sold that uh, in a compelling way, but it is also a kid <laughs> show. So like, you Whatever. can only really dive too much into the Spider-Man, not considering an entire train full of people. <laughs> Yeah, whatever. Either way, Spidey passes out from exhaustion. So this was just like a half asleep thought, basically, that he had to have Rhino mm-hmm. hit by a train. He attempts to recover by uh, foregoing web swinging in favor of traveling across town on the top of a bus. Uh, but he's not able to get far before remembering like, oh, shit, Ox got a secret lab. That's right. We were there back when we were teammates. And he even says teammates. That is such an embarrassing memory now. <laughs> Look, you tried. Yeah. You did yeah. your best. You tried. You tried. <laughs> it worked for a little while. Yeah. yeah it was it was it was cute. <laughs> hey, you know what this would have been while he's, you know, swinging over to uh to Ox Lab. Remember who else was part of that team when he was teamed up hmm. with Ock? I don't think there was another member of that team, Derek. That's I think true. uh It wasn't a spider I, trio, yeah. it was a spider duo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because if there were, it would only make sense to have maybe that character in the background helping Peter remember this. Yeah. Yeah. Or at very least, you know, have Spider-Man like give him a call while he's on his, (laughs) while he's not being attacked by a villain currently and on his way to that secret lab that, that he, that they have been to before. Uh huh. (sighs) (laughs) Oh yeah. yeah. Well, he does get to this lab and when he arrives, he is met by what we know as like really the only member of the, the five, aside from Doc Ock, that we haven't seen yet, which is Alistair Smythe in the Spider Slayer um, mech. <laughs> sure. Uh, I guess they just call him the Sp- like They just call him Spider Slayer, essentially. Yeah. That's even like though his they villain also name, have... even though they're in Spider yeah. Slayer robots. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's silly. <laughs> so he's met by Spider Slayer. Um, and instead of Spider Slayer, like, actually trying to like dispose of Spider-Man in the way that we kind of would have expected. He smashes him right into the lab, like right in front of Doc Ock and Max, which in itself is sort of strange. It's like, oh, I figured you were trying to keep him out, but clearly you're not. Um, And Ock confirms this pretty quickly by revealing, by revealing, (laughs) by revealing uh, that uh, it was all part of his plan. He knew that Spider-Man would try to find him there. Um, and so he made sure he was there and he made sure that his, you know, four teammates were positioned all along the way to weaken Spider-Man and wear him down for his final confrontation with Ock. Yeah. So it worked. Uh, Spidey is here and Ock's like, okay, Max, you can go now. Max is like, what? <laughs> you don't, oh. you don't need me. It's like, no, this wasn't about you, man. You're out of the episode now. Ock, you asshole. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All this is first lines. Max says that it's just to be told that he, that, that he doesn't need to be there. And he mm-hmm. sleeps. It's like, okay, I, bye, I guess. But you know what I like about it? This feels, this feels like a, a, 
a cold calculating Otto because yeah. Otto does actually have beef with Max. Like he, does. he doesn't like Max. Yeah. But he recognizes like actually I would be better to just use him and you know push him aside to actually get done the thing I want to get done. Right. Uh, which is destroy Spider Man. So I like that. It feels very cold and calculated in a I way that I appreciate from a Doc Ock. I agree. Yeah. The fact that like he recognizes that his his master plan if you will, if you will, <laughs> is uh, more important than, you know, than his, his personal beef with, with another guy. Like he can always, he can mess with Max Modell anytime, but like this, he yep. needs a Spider-Man in this, in this moment. <laughs> Wait, can you imagine <laughs> a world where the way Ock gets back at Max is to actually just simply mess with him, not actually like kill him or ruin his life or anything, but like just in his free time, <laughs> just sort of like fuck with him a little bit, like prank him that. from time to time. I think it's very funny. I would love to see it. <laughs> that would be great. But yeah, so once Max is out of there, Ox like, here's what my real plan was. It was to do this. And he places a mind control chip on Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. Very, very little resistance. He's like, cool. So Spider-Man is now mind controlled. Now my team is the Sinister Six. Which he knew had a better ring to it. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of fun because this was how Sinister Six, I mean, not exactly, but in the Ultimate Spider-Man comics, the first Sinister Six team up, Spider-Man was a member of the Sinister Six. Oh, like he was basically cool. It wasn't a mind control thing, but he was basically kind of coerced into joining the team. I forget the mechanics behind it or why, but like he was basically forced to yeah. to to join them and be part of their group. So I dig that. I, I feel like it's kind of definitely a, an intentional sort of callback to that. Can I... This doesn't matter at all. It doesn't make the episode better or worse. It wouldn't make the episode better or worse if they did this, I don't think. But given that Doc Ock has just upgraded everybody and everybody has sort of like these tech suits from sort of the Osborne, whatever they were called before uh, Ock. Uh-huh. This would have been such a good opportunity for Ock to give Spider-Man a new suit if just yeah. for this arc, you know? Would have been cool. It would have been so cool. It would have been a nice opportunity to do another reference or create a fully new suit for the show. They could have given him like the silver spider armor. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> totally matched. Yeah. Like, you know what he did? He decked out steel spider. Yeah. Now he makes Spider-Man a steel spider. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it would have been cool. I wish they had done that. It makes sense because it makes him stand out from them, makes him easier to find on the screen, but it would have been cool to incorporate him into that. Yeah. I mean, as it stands, we don't really get a lot of Spider-Man with Sinister no. Six in this episode. It's pretty, pretty quickly over. Yeah. But, you know, if, if it went on longer, I feel like he would have gotten some upgrades. Yeah, would have been cool. Would have been cool. Mm-hmm. So now that he's armed with his mind-controlled and super-powered minions, all five of them, I guess the six of them together, uh, and a whole lot of hubris, uh, Doc Ock very publicly uh, hijacks and clears out an armored truck full of cash. Um, this is where Ock really begins to fuck up, because he is just out there. He is just fully out there <laughs> like, uh-huh. there is no master planning anymore he's finished his master plan and now he and his minions are just terrorizing the city full face out <laughs> yep you idiot yep. you uh, yeah. dumb idiot <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> so of course this is all over the news and so at oscorp harry and norman are watching this news report of the specific hijacking that is you know spider-man's first mission i guess it's not really a mission if you're mind controlled but you know what i mean yeah. Complete with footage of Spider-Man seemingly helping Doc Ock. Sure. And Harry 
you know, alarm bells go off for Harry because Harry is like, I don't necessarily like Spider-Man all the yeah. time, but I know this isn't right and doesn't seem like something he would do. Yeah. Um, but Norman is like, well, no, Harry, this is this is exactly what he would do. He's just now finally doing it, you know? Yeah. So Norman instructs Harry to use the Hobgoblin suit and the Hobgoblin tech to become the hero I've always known you could be uh, and stop Spider-Man for good. Yeah. Doesn't he, isn't he also like... Yeah, I think this is, isn't this the scene where he's just sort of like, I can tell that all traces of the spider DNA have been erased yes. from my body. And I'm like, how, you're just like in a hospital bed. Like, how could you, how do you know yeah. that? So I guess we are to understand that one, Harry succeeded after experimenting on himself a bunch, which is fine. But, but also that Norman can feel it he because it's feel. that instantaneous i mean i guess he has been cured instantly before but yeah um, i mean it I is guess a weird thing for him to declare instead of harry to harry. declare yeah because i think the point the reason that they have him say that is because it's sort of like another affirmation from norman that it's just sort of like harry you did something right this time like your 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 hero thing that you were trying to do you pulled it off so you can be a hero like we know he's got this complex and he's constantly failing at his hero thing the one main hero thing he wanted to do was cure his dad and norman's like you did it and so that theoretically should give further give harry the push to be like yeah you can be a hero you can suit up and stop spider-man now Mm -hmm. right um, it's also, just silly that it's just like I can feel yeah. the spider DNA no longer inside of me. Like, dude, you what? <laughs> yeah, it also gives Harry permission to leave Norman's side, which is a big concern. But again, mm-hmm. like they could have come up with a dozen other ways to confirm that he no longer had spider yeah. DNA inside it's of him. Very funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so shortly after Hopgoblin arrives at the scene of the Sinister Six, uh, who are just sort of like making their way across New York, leaving destruction in their wake. I don't know where they're headed. I don't know if they're just like <laughs> jumping from bank to truck to bank to jewelry store or what. Cool plan. Uh, yep. I mean, cool Ox plan. whole thing. Th- this is <laughs> this is where it's like, maybe, I mean, honestly, maybe this is part of, I, I don't know what, what comes first in this scenario, but maybe this is because he is 19 and I need to remind myself that that's the case. Because he just is being so uncharacteristically, generally speaking, like so sloppy. Like he is just mm-hmm. fully yeah. out there and being sloppy. And so Hobgoblin finds them no problem and uh, and they start to clash. Ock instructs the six to destroy this imbecile because um, he doesn't know who Hobgoblin is. He's just writing him off. But Hobgoblin actually manages to make pretty quick work of everybody except Spider-Man and Doc Ock. So he is beginning to get his hero moments, um, which is happening right after he helps Norman. So it doesn't go perfectly, but he is actually able to do uh, do some stuff here. He doesn't necessarily know that they're under mind control, but he doesn't, no one tell him, no one tell him. He needs victories. Yeah, yeah. Well, why would anyone tell him though? Why Why would Doc reveal that major piece of information? I said, Dar- no, I said, don't tell Harry. Don't He, he can't know. Oh, God. Before we get to that, before we get to that incredibly stupid fucking moment, um, uh, since this is Hobgoblin's technical debut, yeah. what do you think of the look of the Hobgoblin suit? I really like this suit. I mean, like separate from what I think a goblin suit should look like or not look like, because I feel like that's that's a fair conversation, I guess. But like, I think this is a really cool suit. I love the way the helmet looks. I love the way they incorporate 
classic elements into this show's very armory style. You know, it still has a flair and a theme to it that isn't just like, we put armor on you. Yeah, I like it a lot. I think it makes sense. I think it's like if you're going to go for a techie goblin, which happens often, but I feel like oftentimes doesn't doesn't work. I mean, you know, you have like the sort of silly looking like Raimi Green Goblin suit, right? That everybody mm-hmm. kind of makes fun of. Like you can go in that direction and I feel like you can also go in the boring direction, like the boring looking goblin suit from spider-man 3 like oh, there's the, like absolutely nothing so good mask anyone could wear it <laughs> yeah right um and i feel like this this finds like the perfect sort of middle ground where it's like there's a lot about it that is definitely very practical you know um like it does seem like a battle suit but it's like mm-hmm. a really be- nicely designed one and i really like the the kind of look of the face that is a pretty genuinely creepy face yeah but not in like a halloween creepy way just in a like creepy robot kind of way like there's like ultron vibes yes i was oh my gosh yeah we're vibing tonight yeah ultron (laughs) vibes even the same thing the little like antenna that it has that are sort of Uh a replacement for hobgoblin ears yeah um and and you know the hood that that's over it as well i I, then like accentuates it and makes it like just I, i don't know it was a lot of really smart choices to make it look like it uh, looks it looks really good and it looks I, I would love to see somebody translate this into a real life costume. I think it yeah. would look fucking rad. It would look really fucking cool. If cool co- a cosplay would be really cool. Especially if you could do the thing cuz cuz his um his mask opens sort of a little bit like a Iron Man helmet like it just sort of opens, you know, mechanically or whatever. It would be cool if if somebody made like a an actual functioning helmet too. Yeah. Um, I also like the the little musical motif that they have for him. It's like this sort of reverberating like steel soundy horn tune that they have for it. And it's and it's like a very sinister sound. It's very good. Uh I like it a lot. I noticed music in these two episodes Mm -hmm. and, you know, I don't typically Mm -hmm. (laughs) or I don't consciously notice them. I guess I should say I am affected by (laughs) the music, but don't think about it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I th- it's very, I mean, you know, because this show doesn't do a lot of musical stuff. I feel like it's very basic backgroundy sounds most mm-hmm. of the time. So I think when they do something different, like it's kind of striking in that the sound of the hobgoblin motif is very striking and they don't use it a ton. I think they use it at like the right moments mm-hmm. to, you know, what we totally just like talked over What uh, is it Norman like having that long quote as a way to justify calling Harry Hobgoblin. Yeah. Is that, what is that? Is that, I don't know. Is that I a didn't thing? Is that from something? I was hoping you'd have transcribed it for the notes. Cause I didn't know. Cause I didn't care that long. much. It's, <laughs> <laughs> I forgot what it is. Hobgoblin is the enemy of something or other. Uh, it's, oh God. it was like, I wish I'd researched something is a hobgoblin. It's like something of a, un- something, something is a hobgoblin, something or other. I don't know. I didn't, care about what norman was like i got what norman was doing so i didn't really care that much about what he was saying it felt like just an excuse to get yeah. the word hobgoblin well there. i'll say to their credit you know i feel like it was like you know a literature poll that they did but they don't like put a lot of emphasis on it there's not like a silly like dramatic musical stinger when he says the word hobgoblin it's almost kind of just like in the middle of a monologue he just like yeah blah 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 hobgoblin does something 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 and it's just like so you your codename's Hobgoblin. Hobgoblin to yeah. Spider-Man or something like that. Yeah, yeah. So like, you know, I, I think it's not the most elegant thing ever, but I think it's it's most is is 
as elegantly as you can do that sort of thing when they try to like justify a silly superhero or supervillain name mm-hmm. in context, you know, like, yeah. Cause otherwise like Hobgoblin doesn't really make sense for a heroic character, which is what Harry is supposed to be being framed as like, that's what he's trying right. to be. Um, so it's, I, I think it was clever to, pull some kind of I mean I'm sure they were literally just furiously googling like what is every quote that's ever existed in every piece of literature that's ever had <laughs> the word hobgoblin in it ooh this one sounds like it could be kind of positive okay yeah. cool let's do it <laughs> yeah I guess now that I think about it when you talk about the hero framing it also makes sense that they wouldn't go with a more obviously goblin I mean it fits their aesthetic to do the suit that they did but it also makes sense to not do something more sinister looking <laughs> yeah yeah for sure for sure <laughs> or Halloween costume looking, if you will. Yeah, yeah. So I like it. I like Hobgoblin. I think the flame sword also matches his aesthetic really yep. well because he definitely wields that a lot. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The next thing that happens. Surely it couldn't be telling Harry anything uh, uh, important it, about the Sinister Six because can... we've established that no one should do that. Dude, I got so mad when this happened. I'm just like, really? You're just going to, okay. Well, there goes all the drama. Sloppy. Um, it's so silly. Because like Hobgoblin is about, Otto. he's about to fight Spider-Man. And you're going to be like, and it's like, oh, cool. There's going to be like this really neat, like one-on-one battle between friends where one doesn't realize the other is being mind controlled. And it's flipped. You know, we always were expecting the big battle to be like Spider-Man's the hero against Harry who's turned villainy or turned to villainy. But like, no, it's a really clever swap where it's a heroic mm-hmm. Harry fighting a villainous Spider-Man and all the added layers. To that. So no, Ox just like, ha ha ha. I used my mind control on the six. Like, why did you just say that? Why did you just tell him, tell this random dude that you're using mind control on these supervillains? Right. Why did you, you say that? Could you have at least waited for one, one sequence of the two of them fighting? <laughs> it's so stupid. I mean, granted, I guess Ak does now, you can say, has a knack for just dropping vital bits of information and secrets to people for no reason. Because that's how, that's what he did with, uh, with the Spider-Man secret you know, earlier episodes yeah. ago when he was just like, Peter, don't you make Spider-Man's tech tech or whatever? Like, so I guess yeah. that's the thing that he does is just drop vital you know, bits of information for no reason to Harry guess, specifically. <laughs> so, okay. I, I want to make this make sense because, because it is so horrible that he would do this. I guess if you think about all the auto Octavius content we've gotten in this particular show, We've established that at the very, very least, he is socially awkward. When he works with the Spider-Men, he is sort of really clunky in the things that he shouts out and that he says. Like, he is awkward in the way that he is in fights um, and the things that he says when he is in fights. Uh, He also, like, we have seen that he drops vital bits of information here and there. I think the reason I'm going through all this is because I am wondering... If even though it is frustrating for an Otto Octavius to act this way, if it actually makes sense for this Otto Octavius to act this way. Sure. Do do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Because it is incredibly annoying that he does this, but I almost wonder, like, if you were to track everything that he's said and the way that he's acted throughout, if this actually makes sense. And against my preference, this Otto Octavius and Dr. Ock is meant to be a more sort of silly, ridiculous version of Ock, which we have sort of pointed out. Like, he is very flamboyant. Um, he is very showy. Um, and so I guess maybe this is is in line, but it just it's such a frustrating thing for the show to do, regardless yeah. of whether it's something Otto would do. 
yeah, it's very silly. I don't like it. It really is just I, I, at the end of the day, it's just a way for them to get this plot point out there very quickly because they're running rapidly running out of time. And that just gives Harry that information. It's just at know. the very least, he should be too intelligent to do that. Yeah. Yeah. It's very weird because it yeah, because it's just like it, it's really hacky to me. <laughs> yeah, it's bad. It's bad. Yeah. Also, before we get too far away from it, I was just very quickly Googling because it was bothering me. The Hobgoblin quote, I think, unless I'm misremembering, I think the quote, I think I'm looking at the right one. It's like a foolish consistency is the Hobgoblin of Little Minds. Isn't that, that is, what Orman is yes, referencing, right? Yes. They might it's, have tweaked it slightly, but that is the one. Yeah. Um, it's from uh, Ralph Waldo Emerson. Uh, of course. An SCS lecturer. Essayist, nope, essayist, lecturer, philosopher, abolitionist, and poet uh, who led the transcendentalist movement of the mid-19th century, seen as a champion of individualism and a prescient critic of the countervailing pressures of society. Seems very much like one of Norman Osborne's idols. Yeah, Uh uh-huh. Maybe very little bits and pieces, but uh, generally speaking. <laughs> yeah. Can you tell? Maybe just... this Norman is into poetry, okay? Maybe. Maybe. Can you tell I was just cold reading all of that from his Wikipedia page? <laughs> Not at all. It was so natural. It clearly came from a, a depth of knowledge and familiarity you have with Emerson. Of course. Right? You said Wal- Ralph Waldo Emerson is who this yeah, was? Okay. I'm an Emerson scholar, of course. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Read, read all of his um, books of uh, things. Big R-W-E head over here. <laughs> That's what we call ourselves. <laughs> oh, boy. Speaking of, of uh, very smart people and scholars. Um, yeah. After Otto yeah, reveals this major fact about mind control, obviously now Harry slash Hobgoblin isn't going to be fighting Spider-Man as hard. So Spider-Man attacks Hobgoblin relentlessly, and after taking a serious beating, Hobgoblin, a sort of elastic ditch effort, unmasks to uh, try to appeal emotionally to Peter. Like, look, this is, it's me, it's Harry. And it doesn't work. Oh, (laughs) I actually love that they made this choice. Well, especially because, like, this is now the second time. Remember in Spider Island, he tries Uh to appeal to Spider Monster Norman, and it doesn't work. And now he's trying to appeal emotionally to his best friend, who we know he does have a real authentic emotional connection to. And it again does not work. I'm going to say something that'll probably come up more next week. But this show has a... And we've talked about it before, so it's not like, you know, uh, this is new. But this show has a habit of repeating beats, Mm -hmm. but it's frequently i'm like not mad at it because i'm like yes you have done this beat before but also it's really working in this moment so i'm not mad at it (laughs) yeah i'm not mad at it either what do you think of i know why they do it because they're setting it up for the next mystery of the next episode but the sort of hobgoblin voice filter that he has through most of this um i only bring it up here because i notice like when he's trying to like plead to peter mm-hmm. or plead to spider-man or i guess both he's trying right. to plead to peter and spider-man it until he unmasks it does sound a little bit silly to me just because of how the voice filter sounds or it's just like peter it's me spider-man it's me it's not, you don't want to do this but like i don't know it's it sounded like way hokier than it should have hmm. because you're hearing max middleman's emotional performance but through this like deep voiced hobgoblin <laughs> filter but it could yeah. just be me I, yeah I, it, do, it doesn't bother me i think it works okay in the fact that like um one he unmasks for like the visual but also like it's a thing maybe he's even recognizing is like i'm not even using my own yeah. voice right now like the yeah. best way to do this is to use my face and my actual voice 
Um, I, I don't mind it. It, it. it is interesting when they make a choice like that. Again, you, you reference that it's going to actually matter um, in, a, in a narrative way. But like, it is interesting when they make a choice like that when pretty much every other character does not try to hide their voice. Yeah. Um, and we just sort of are, we operate as though that is not something that we need to consider. So, mm-hmm. but it, it didn't, it didn't, it didn't bother me. Yeah. And it's a cool voice. Maybe that's why it didn't bother me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. Cause like, you know, that's, that's not an uncommon thing for the goblin to be voiced by someone different or, or, you know, the actor putting on a very different voice for goblins. So it's definitely like kind of paying homage to that. Right. Yeah. Um, that it's not, it's not a different voice. It's just a voice filter that's making him sound different. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So this emotional appeal doesn't work. And not only does it not work, not only is Spider-Man still fully mind controlled, he responds to this emotional appeal by kicking Harry off of the side of a building. Whew. Yeah. I yeah, really wasn't expecting it. That's why I say no. like, I love that they chose to do this because I they could have just had really the well. emotional appeal work. I'm glad it doesn't because then you're like, oh, fuck. Like that. <laughs> okay. I, what, what is yeah. going to happen then? And you can kind of guess, but like, it doesn't change the gut punch. Yeah, it works really well, I think, because I no, I think it is it is pretty unexpected because it just happens. It's just like it's me, your friend, yeah. and then boom, he's kicked off the side of a building. Yeah. And he's falling, and it's like, oh, um, wow, okay. That's Especially because this is the same show that had Anya basically be like, Gwen, it's me, and Gwen was like, okay, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> right. you're not expecting this. Mm-hmm. However, the act of nearly killing his best friend does actually get through the mind control and overrides that ship and they portray it really well just like they you know did sort of this like kind of anime type dream sequence when peter reveals his identity to harry a few episodes ago mm-hmm. um they do kind of a an anime type transition as peter's breaking out of the mind control because like he sees harry falling in the hobgoblin suit but then it like you know then it sort of transitions to harry just in his like civilian persona falling and then you get a close-up of Spider-Man's face, which transitions to civilian Peter because it's just two friends, and then him calling out to Harry through that. Like it's very, it's very cool. I like it. Uh, it is. It's really good. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah. Friendship saves the day again. These, these, the, this duology of episodes really got me like emotionally a couple times. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, the like, like we've said time and time again, the friendship between Peter and Harry is like the true emotional core of this show. So I think Mm -hmm. anytime, especially, you know, at the end of the season here, anytime they play that up and play up that relationship, I, I think it works. It definitely, at least for us, Mm -hmm. I think Mm -hmm. it's uh, it works every time. They've got our number and they are willing to call it. Oh yeah, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) So Spider-Man is able to, you know, now that, now that he, uh, he just broke out of the mind control, he's able to save Harry before he hits the ground and remove the chip from the back of his neck. So now you can do a full on team up, right? Spider-Man and Hobgoblin are taken on the once again, sinister five. (laughs) Six didn't last very long. Really didn't really didn't. You you really tried. (laughs) Did he try though? He kind of fucked up pretty badly. Yeah, no, he did fuck up very badly. So yeah, so the two are able to deal with most of them handily. uh, But when Hobgoblin attempts to confront Doc Ock, Ock then throws Goblin's glider right at him. Makes direct contact with Goblin's gut. Obviously, we've seen this time and time again of Goblin getting impaled with his own glider. He's not in, he's not impaled, so it's not the worst version of this. No, but, but we know. 
But yeah, you know. it's definitely it definitely lands a, a pretty hefty blow. And remember, this is just Harry in armor. Like he's not super powered as far as we know. Right. So yeah. It is rough. And I mean, like Spider-Man is aware of this. So like needing to finish this very quickly so that he can tend to Harry, uh, Spider-Man turns his attention to removing the mind control chips from the five instead of continuing to fight them, which allows them to regain consciousness and immediately turn on Doc Ock and then, <laughs> and then chase him away from the scene. <laughs> like they literally just chase him off. It's very funny. <laughs> it's, it's kind of Looney Tunes in a way that I love. It is a little bit funny. Looney Tunes. Yeah. I, I, my hope is that this young, naive very hubris uh hubrisy <laughs> version of Otto will learn a lesson and sure. come back in the future more cold and calculated <laughs> but we'll, so. see. we'll see it's also okay if they want to have their very specific version of Otto uh it takes all kinds <laughs> yeah sure sure so anyway spider-man does check on harry who replies this really really yep. fucked me up I was worried. Because Harry replies, I don't feel right. Which I feel like is a very specific thing to say instead of any number of other phrases. Yeah. Like, not just like, oh shit, I'm hurt really bad or or whatever. But like, I don't feel right yeah. says to me, it, it's like saying something is horribly wrong. Like something's wrong with my body right now. Yeah. Like it's scary. It's a scary thing to hear. Yeah. It, that's, that's the type of thing that characters say when they're about to die. <laughs> like that's like often like last words. Um, they're, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. very, it's very infinity war, if you will. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. And they did it first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, did you think that this was, like, did you think that they were killing him in this moment? Because it felt, like, the way that they play the scene, it's like, I'm I'm always looking at it through, like, but it's kids' show, they're not going to kill this child on screen. Like, that's not going to be what they're going to do. That's not going to be what they're going to do, but I'm still watching it and being like, but what if, though? What if that's what they're doing? Because they could. They I might. think this is the closest this show, or many, or many of the shows have come to, like, genuinely convincing they might do it you know yeah. like i've said a number of times like oh I, I thought maybe they were gonna kill him you know i think i said it uh maybe even just like last week talking about like norman and a weird thing norman said i was like i don't know maybe they're gonna kill him off this really like felt like it this felt like they were prepared to do something i would never expect which is kill off harry in a fucking cartoon <laughs> yeah yeah, if it weren't it a cartoon, me. I feel like that's what would have happened. I mean, it is it, it is it literally me. referencing a number of situations where Goblin is killed. Mm-hmm. It got me, man. Who got me? I didn't. I, I didn't. I mean, I liked it because it's really effective, but also I don't like it because it made me feel real bad. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good moment for yeah, sure. It's really good. So I like this little detail that Spidey uses the Hobgoblin glider to return Harry to Oscorp. So he yeah. can, like, you know, be carrying him in his arms instead of having to, like, you know, violently swing him around when mm-hmm. he could possibly have, like, internal bleeding or whatever. Um, so he shows up at Oscorp. Norman praises Harry, calls his actions magnificent. And Spider-Man encourages Harry, like, hey, you just said you just got, like, imp- you know, hit with your own glider and said you don't feel right. You should go see a doctor. Uh, and Harry agrees, and they fist bump for teamwork, yeah. which is nice. Their relationship seems to be repaired, or more, I, or better. <laughs> I, this show, <laughs> and again, like I know we we talked we talked about specifically like the back and forth of Harry and Peter, 
but also like sometimes they just are telling a really good story in the moment and Mm -hmm. so i'm like yay yay you're friends again even though i said probably a few weeks ago that i wish you would just permanently break it off yeah (laughs) i i like to you know harry while he's like clearly like in a lot of pain he's just like i just wanted to be a hero because to him it was yet another failure moment for for him right like for him it's always like I always try to be the hero and then I fuck up. But then I love that finally he's like reaffirmed because Spider-Man says, trust me, you are. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Like, you know, he got fushed. He got bashed his own glider, but like he accomplished a lot of shit in that one fight scene. Like, yeah. none of this would have went well without him. Like, you did it, dude. You you're you're good. Yeah. You're they good, were not man. all misses. In fact, <laughs> no. like he 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 succeeded for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, it's really it's really good. I also, I mean, the the you know Spider Man bringing Harry in in his arms or whatever like calls to mind number of scenes where he's delivering Norman to Harry. Yeah, um, which I thought was oh yeah, nice. good call, good call. Yeah. yeah. So after Spidey flips off, Norman then chastises Harry for <sighs> not killing Spider Man. It's it's so interesting to me because it's so interesting to me how this stuff flips with Norman and Harry, how Norman flips with his relationship with Harry, because mm-hmm. um, he is generally, aside from a couple of moments, been like very like, I want you can be a hero. I believe in you, blah, 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 um, which is so uncharacteristic for most Norman Osborns, but has been like a main character trait for this Norman. But then literally as soon as Harry actually does something genuinely heroic, Norman's just like, well, what the hell, man? You failed at that. It's not good enough. Yeah, because Harry even is sort of like, because, you know, Norman's whole deal is sort of like, no, Spider-Man was lying. He wasn't being mind controlled. This was all like this was all part of Spider-Man's ploy. He's just letting, uh, you know, take the fall for it. And Harry's like, no, I inspired him with my friendship and the power of friendship. And Norman's just like, you're being naive. Like, this is all Spider-Man's plan. So it's like he's even like. You know, the one time that Harry gets like an unequivocal hero moment that he can be proud of, Harry's trying to like make it a yet another fail. Norman's trying to make it yet another failure for mm-hmm. Harry. You know, it's like, no, yeah. you you couldn't possibly have inspired him with friendship. That's bullshit. You failed again, man. <laughs> we recognize friendship as a solution on this podcast. Yeah. Get yeah. out of here, Norman. Yeah. Yeah. But Norman yeah, I mean, sucks. this really is like a, a really stark turn i mean we've seen him be a dick obviously we know the extent to which he has act, acted maliciously um but this does feel like a pretty specific turn um yeah because he is when spider-man is right there like praising harry and then the moment spider-man's gone being like you idiot yeah because it's it's for norman um and i think we'll probably have even more to talk about that for this next week oh, but like for norman for norman what you know we obviously know when he like says he wants Harry to be a hero, we know he doesn't really have like good expectations for that or whatever, but it's never been fully clear like what it actually is. And I think that this really clarifies like, no, what he wants Harry to be is like, is very much just like in Norman's image, basically, you know, mm-hmm. like what he wants, like Harry being a hero for Norman is just like, fulfilling all of Norman Osborn's selfish desires ultimately. And like, he doesn't like Spider-Man. So he wants Harry to kill Spider-Man and that's heroic to him. Harry literally like fending off and fighting off like five supervillains who are taking over the world and freeing Spider-Man from, from mind control. Eh, that's, that's bullshit. That's nothing that accomplishes nothing for Norman Osborn or for the Osborn name at all. That's so that doesn't count. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so it's, it's interesting how they sort of clarify that here. Ooh. Ooh. 
<laughs> Norman. Mm-hmm. Norman. So the episode uh, does end here. I, I appreciate that. Appreciate that they don't uh, give us another one of these like weird little spidey scenes. Yeah. Uh, again, this one is allowed to just end sort of. I guess because it's in the middle of a of an arc is when we when we get the uh, are allowed to end mm-hmm. on quote failure or whatever. Sure. Um, so the episode ends with Norman further pushing the idea that Spider Man mastered the whole mastered the whole shebang, like you were saying. Like no, it was actually a ploy. Um, but that he won't be able to continue manipulating the entire city because as Norman sees it, he's finally met his match. And then he looks over the city. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy, indeed. Um, I, I'm sure we'll have plenty to say about both of these episodes at the end of next week. But we have yeah. some faces of the episode and then probably a couple thoughts here and there. So sure. um, I really like the moment before Harry suits up for the first time, like immediately preceding it. Um, where he is looking at the hobgoblin suit. Um, it's like in a case behind glass. And so when Harry walks up to it, uh, he's reflected in it. And so you have this moment where his face is framed by the suit as if he were wearing it. Mm-hmm. But it's really cool because you see the suit and it's really menacing in the ways that we kind of talked about. But Harry's looking up at it like it is looking down at him. He looks very childlike and innocent as he is considering you know, what he's about to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just a really cool, I just think it's a really cool uh, moment and framing of that of that sort of situation. It's cool. It's like uh, what they do in Spider-Verse with Miles and his reflection in the Spider-Man. Yeah, yo, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very much it's like very that. Cool. Shit. It's very cool, yeah. Um, the one that I pulled is a lot less cool. <laughs> <laughs> I just, you know, we commented on it a lot how weird the whole opening with Max is just not talking. But in addition to him being totally silent for a big chunk of him being like, you know, captured by Ock again in a like fiery burning building while fight sequences are going on. He doesn't look scared or frightened or even like angry or frustrated. He just looks like sad and right. tired and defeated. It's but, very but, strange. But not the kind of tired that you might be if you've been fighting against Doc Ock's tentacles. Like yeah. not that kind of tired. Like it's not like he's exhausted or spent. It's just long day at the office tired. <laughs> it really is like that. Like, oh, this again. It's very, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. very, very funny. I don't know what anyone was thinking <laughs> regarding Max and I that whole know. sequence. It's very strange. I don't know. Very, very, very strange. <laughs> but hey, you know what? At least we got to see him. That's more yeah. than you can say for many episodes. He's in the episode. Yeah. 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 And he does say a thing. Yeah. He says like maybe two lines mm-hmm. <laughs> later, eventually. Yep. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, it's all this show really is just about this season really is just about Harry Osborn. It's it so is. wild. It is so I never would have expected that. No, because I, I if you had that. told me that there was a season like a, a Spider-Man series where an entire season just explored primarily Harry Osborn, I would have expected to be incredibly annoyed by that series because so yeah. many versions of Harry Osborn are incredibly annoying. Yeah. You know, yeah. but they basically yeah. reinvented the character without compromising you know, the essence of a Harry Osborn and yeah. built an entire journey around it. It's really great. Wild. Just super wild. Yeah. I like, I mean, yeah, I, I don't think I would like this show as much if you didn't have the, all of this Harry Os- I mean, I don't know what the show would be. I was going to say, who's Harry to Osborne say it would be stuff, a, like totally really. different show. Yeah. It's just, it's yeah. It, it, that, that definitely, no matter what, 
the show does or the weird choices it makes or a lot of the nitpicks that I have about a lot of it. Um, for all its flaws, I, I, I commend this show so much for everything that they've done with Harry Osborn as a character, both as like, you know, an important legacy character from the comics and just yeah. in terms of just what they establish as a, as a relationship between Peter and Harry in this show. It's, it's really incredible and yeah. I never would have ever in a million years expected to come out of any show saying that, but I, it's, I, I, I really commend them for what they've done with Peter and Harry in this. Yeah. I'm with uh, together. you. Yeah. I think, um, I think one thing that a lot of people aren't willing to give credit for is uh, point of view. And I feel like this, this season at least has like a strong point of view. And, uh, and for me that I, I can weigh that against like nitpicks or little inconsistencies or, you know, failure to land certain things because the concept is so strong and the point of view is really strong. Um, and I think that's worth worth noting, you know, because this could have just been like another high school Peter Parker show. And it's not. Yeah, exactly. For sure. Well, yeah. If you'd like to hear us talk about uh, Peter Parker and Harry Osborn and other versions <laughs> that sometimes are good and sometimes are bad. I was on the edge of my things. seat for that segue. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, me too. Honestly, I didn't really know where that was going. Um <laughs> So here is talk about a lot of things in addition to Peter and Harry Osborn. Uh, <laughs> you can find that on our Patreon where we've got a lot of bonus episodes. Patreon.com slash Walloping Web Snappers. You can also chat with us on our Discord. You can find a link to that in our show notes if you want to connect with us or any other listeners to talk about anything Spider-Man or podcast related. And if you'd like to find us individually, where can we find you on the internet, Doug, and everything you're working on? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at IckyBooley, I-C-K-Y-B-O-O-L-E-Y. If you like Pokemon stuff, you can listen to me on another show here on the 4-Eyed Radio Network called Victory Road. It's a Pokemon podcast where I get together with friends and talk about the big happenings in the world of Pokemon. And if you like books and video games, you can check me out on Novel Gaming, a podcast I do with my friends Katie and Vicky, where we catch up on all the media we've been consuming lately in a sort of book club slash video game club style. What about you, Derek? Sure, you can find me on Twitter at Derek B. Gale. You can also find my podcast, Gimmicks, which looks at the high-concept, experimental, structure-breaking, gimmicky episodes of television with a new show and new guest every week. You can find that anywhere you get your podcasts, and you can also find it on Twitter and Instagram at Gimmicks Pod. For more from Doug and I, you can find our monthly podcast, Falling with Style, an ongoing Pixar movie marathon, where we're watching every Pixar film chronologically. Our episode on Soul is out now and is a very, very good one, a really great conversation with a great guest you can find that wherever you get your podcasts you can also visit our website at wallwebsnappers.com for a full archive of everything we're working on falling with style and wall web snappers um, and including any faces of the episode any other additional images and stuff like that a uh, great place to find a full archive of everything you can also follow us on twitter instagram and facebook at walloping web pod or email us walloping web snappers podcast at gmail.com please rate review and subscribe to this podcast on any platform you use to help people find us and next week the first season comes to a close in hobgoblin part two oh i'm so excited me too it's gonna be a great conversation see ya bye